0: All right. So, John, you know, thanks so much for coming on to talk to us about the legendary Bob Bandy. And, yeah. you know, I couldn't I couldn't think of anyone really more appropriate to chat with about him than you. I mean, you guys, I know, have gone back 40 years, or so, maybe, more than, maybe even more than that. Uh, when he was doing the Headbanger, I know you were doing, obviously, Michael Rendezvous out of the Bay Area. Uh, I guess just start us off, John, to talk about the first time, you know, you met Bob and what you're if you can remember. I know it's a long time ago, uh, but what your first impression was of him uh, when you guys first kind of connected with each other?
1: You know, it's, I knew you were going to ask that, and I was breaking <laughs> my brains over over. When did I meet Bob? And it, I, I don't know. It's because Bob has become such a part of my life that I don't. It, it seems like he's been part of this life all this time, right? So mm-hmm. I don't. I, honestly, I don't know what I remember. As long as I remember, I've known Bob. But let's put it this way. <laughs> you know, obviously, we met over music. That was, sure. you know, the, the you know hard rock, heavy metal was his passion, was his life, and and that's how I entered, you know, through Metal Rendezvous, through Headbanger, and it's it, it, one of the things that always strikes me about when I think about Bob and how we met and how we started to uh, become friends and 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 really got close is something that was mentioned a lot in the Bay Area Godfathers documentary. If, if you remember, a lot, many of them said, hey, we weren't rivals up in the, you know, we were mm. all friends, we're all helping each other. And Bob and I were kind of in that same relationship. Even though he was down in L.A. and I was mm. up, in, up in Monterey at the time, um, we we just supported each other. We helped each other with Headbanger and then with Mel Rendezvous. And, and it just grew up, you know, we grew closer and that just became real close friends. Okay.
0: Yeah, no, that's interesting, because that was actually going to be my next question for you, because, yeah, L.A. and San Francisco, just in general, are huge rivals. Anyone right. who's lived around either one of these areas know how much they kind of... I mean, but not really in a, in a very, you know, obviously, you know, a malicious way or anything. Right. Um, but so that that's what I was going to ask you was, you know, when you were when you had Metal Rendezvous and obviously, you know, Ron Quintana was up here doing KUSF and he had this thing and his fanzine, you know, and it was Bob down in, in L.A., for one, was Bob really the the main, you know, I guess competitor, if you would say, or or whatever, down in LA, and really how, yeah, how, how did you guys kind of blend those rivalries to, to become sort of one cohesive unit where it, it didn't matter about which where you were from, it really just mattered about exactly. the bands and the music, right? Yeah. yeah,
1: and it's it's funny because uh, as as close as our friendship is and was, uh, we've never lived in the same place together.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Uh,
1: he always been in LA. Then he went up to North California. And eventually when he ended up in San Jose, I was already here in Texas. So we <laughs> never, ever lived in the same town or even as close, close proximity together. And yet our friendship endured. And it's because of what we built back in the day when he had Headbanger, or I had a Metal Rendezvous. And then, you know, when he closed the Headbanger, he moved over to become an integral part of Metal Rendezvous as we grew it from the fanzine to the full-blown magazine later on. He, mm-hmm. he was always there, always available, always willing to help. And uh, that's, that just stays with you for the rest of your life. Sure. Yeah.
2: Now, now, um, John, when, when you guys first started, I mean, obviously you could not have seen that this music was going to get to where it got to, the huge heights that it got to. I'm sure you guys were just kind of fans. But at the same time, at, at what point did you guys know that you were like in the middle of something that was becoming a global thing
1: uh, obviously you know when, when Metallica got signed to Electra was was a big big kind of a point in, in in the whole metal evolution and then when we first published our first color cover, you know okay. we, we realized that hey you know this thing can grow I mean keep in mind metal rendezvous ended up with 125,000 copies printed, right. off, you know mm. um, so when we did that first when we did first cover in color, and he had a barcode back then. The barcode was brand new. It was like, oh, my God, we actually have a barcode. <laughs> I yeah. And Bob was part of that. And we, as we talked and, and discussed the next issues, we all thought, hey, this, this can grow big. And, and we got more and more people getting involved. And uh, it, it just kept growing from that point on.
2: Sure. Now, you know, we've been talking to a bunch of people, John, and and everybody. First of all, the first thing you said about you don't know when you've met Bob, you just know he's been there forever. That's what everybody has said. That's Mm -hmm. the weirdest thing is that nobody has said, you know, I was at this restaurant or I was at a bar and I met Bob. They're just like, I don't know. He's just always sort of been there. And I think we're all kind of feeling that way because the one thing that he did, I feel better than probably anybody, was He was just a loyal champion to this style of music without being an ego hog. He didn't want attention. He didn't need attention. For you as somebody that, you know, knew him from the earliest days, was he always that way? Did he always just, was it always the love of the music or did he at some point say, you know, I want to be the king of publishing or any of that stuff?
1: No, he always, He always did it for the love of music and all the steps that he's done since you know whether it's joining roadrunner you know the the record record label or or becoming a contributor to some other magazine he didn't do it for the money or the fame he wanted to get as close as possible to the music that was his ultimate motive and the friends that he made throughout these uh these all these steps in his journey he also was loyal to them i mean that's the one thing that Uh, I need to add. You said he was loyal to the music, but he was also loyal to the friends. Yeah, I mean, when when I exited the music industry in the mid '90s, a lot of my so-called friends I never heard from again. Right? Mm -hmm. Bob, no way. We stayed in touch. You know, I moved across the country to St. Louis. He stayed in L.A., but we stayed in touch. He came to my wedding in 2000, and we saw each other. Any of my journeys, whether it was for work or vacation, when I was in a neighborhood and sometimes the neighborhood was 100 miles away but we always made a point to get together throughout all these years and and just talk about the music talk about the passion that we both had for the for the genre but it's that friendship that really endured um whether it's the music that held us together or his personality well i would i would argue it's both right you you need Mm -hmm. to have both that that really kept us and kept this friendship alive all these years
0: yeah, you know, I, I one of the things I did see you, you know, uh, put on social media, John, was that, and you, you mentioned a few times that Bob was, yeah, just echoing what you're saying here, he was one of the most loyal two friends that you've, you've ever had. And, and, you know, listen, and someone as myself, I've, I've known Bob only for 16 years, which comparison to you is not very long, uh, but especially over the last five years, you know, I, and I, I, you know, just as close as I've gotten to him since he's been living up here in the Bay Area. You know, he he really is a very loyal individual and and friend. I mean, really is as, as loyal as, you, as you'll get. He's very trustworthy. You know, that's one of the things we why we wanted to do this celebration of him too is really just not so much to talk about Bob and what he did for the music world, but really right. just as a person. Yeah. And um, you know, and and that to me, just like with you, is is you know, and just like with Chris, this is why we're doing yeah. this is because we really want to express to and show and display to people, look this guy was just an amazing individual and a friend um, who would just trustworthy, loyal, all that stuff. So, I mean, talk about, just, I guess, expand a little bit about that with your friendship with Bob, you know, even dating back to, like I said, those days where, you know, you were in different cities that were rivalries yet. Here's this guy who's like you said, been connected with you all throughout the years. I mean, even my discussions with Bob, he would, he always, you know, talk about you and, and you could tell that I know you were uh, someone he confided in as well. Sure. As much as anybody, I think you know that I know. you know, in terms of his older friends, who, like you said, you know, down in LA, Orange County, I think he was probably you know more would confide in someone like yourself than a lot of people he did growing up with in down Orange County.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, he he trusted me also with with knowing about his illness. Has been struggling with for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I I kept the trust. I I didn't tell anybody about it. That was his you know his battle and and, and his his thing to fight. And uh, I always try to help him out, but. It was the other way around. That no matter what happened, he was always to help me out. Whether it was in the magazine, you know, to help me land a story or or write a story, or or later on, as silly as it sounds, pick me up at the airport. I could always depend on. It. If I'm stuck mm-hmm. somewhere, Bob will be there to help out, right? Um, and that just that just flowed throughout my entire knowledge of Bob. And uh, I know I wasn't the only one. He was he was loyal to other people as well, and he always it was always it, he was always driven by the lust for life with him right mm-hmm. he, again to earlier comments he didn't want to money or fame or anything he just wanted to live he wanted to be with friends he wanted to listen to the music he wanted to go to shows wanted to be close to the close to 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 everybody and that's what really impressed me one of, one of my favorite stories about it's, it's a weird story but it in a way encapsulates this this hey let's just live kind of things is when we were driving, um uh, i was in los angeles and we went to dinner and i had a little too much to drink so bob drove we were going to go to santa monica civic to see a show i don't even remember who that was right it was in the late 80s and we got pulled over right mm-hmm. and bob was driving We didn't have anything to drink and he, the police officer gave him the test right and he said you know i can't let you drive and bob said i didn't drink and i can't let you drive I'll tell you what, I'm going to let you go, but you got to have your buddy drive. It was me who was drinking. (laughs) And Bob just shrugged his shoulders and said, okay, you know, no argument, no nothing. So I got behind the wheel, I drove to the next exit, pulled over, and okay, Bob, you got to get back Back in. (laughs) It's it's one of those funny stories, that, but it it just, to me, it encapsulates his... his, I don't. I don't really care that much about even consequences. That might be too, almost too strong of, of of the way I'm phrasing it. But he just wanted to live and 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 go see the show and do what, we do whatever we we need to do to enjoy that that night.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know. And and one of the other things, you know, just getting back a little bit to the music, you know, I you know, obviously Bob was, you know, obviously I always said not even just music. This is was this is outside of music too. I've always been saying this. He was the ultimate he connected people so well together more better than I've ever seen anybody do. You know I mean? Obviously in the music world, he was, you know, very famous for that. Obviously with the biggest one being Mar- Marty Friedman with Megadeth. And, and at the time, I think Marty, I believe was up here, right in the Bay area mm-hmm. uh, with uh, doing cacophony, I think with Jason Becker, or, or he just moved over from Hawaii or whatever it was. But um, so he was always just connecting people. Didn't matter where they were from, who they were. He just had this real just gift yeah. of bringing people to, together. I mean, even up to the, you know, the, the last time I saw him, he, you know, up in Reading and here he was, there was a bunch of, you know, a couple of his friends coming up from Chico and we all hung out and, and everybody was always just, even when, you know, I met you through the buried Godfathers doing the narration here in this room. I mean, He just always, you know, not only just connected people, but it was the people he connected you with were solid, really good people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like he had this knack of knowing who was good, who wasn't, and connecting these good people together. And he enjoyed watching people then become friends through him, you know, which is always such an opposite that you usually see people. They, you know, you meet someone, if you become friends with them, they get a little like, you know, envious or jealous. Oh, that was my friend. And, you know. But Bob was just, he wanted to put people together and see their friendship grow together. And he would just get such enjoyment out of that. And it's yeah. just such a, yeah. a, you know, I don't know of anybody else in my life that I've ever uh-huh. seen that who was like that. You no,
1: you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, something similar just happened when I saw him just in the middle of December, just a few weeks before he passed. You know, he, he mm-hmm. drove up from, from Orange County to, on his way home. And he stopped in Monterey where, where, where we met up together. And, and I took him out to dinner, but I invited a couple friends along who weren't even into the music. Yeah, we just good friends of mine and wanted, you know, we just wanted to have a nice evening out. And he clicked right in. I mean, he he joined into the conversations and and one of my friends just at the end of the night he actually shared his illness with them the, over, over that mm-hmm. dinner okay and one of one of my friends just gave him the biggest hug as, as we separated afterwards so he immediately made that connection that you kind of yeah. described with people he's never met before and they weren't even part of the music scene or music right. industry mm-hmm. right they were just good people good friends of mine and he wanted to be part of that and that's exactly the kind of uh characteristic that you just you just outlined Matt. that yeah. yeah sure
2: now now the other thing too John is and and you know I know you were well aware that what he was going through for a while you know and as as were Matt and I um you know the one thing that that really to to me above all this other stuff we're talking about of the friendships and the music and everything was the selflessness that that Bob had and and specifically at the end I mean we all knew he was sick he knew obviously he was sick and i'm sure with you every conversation ended the same way every one of our conversation ended with but don't tell anybody i don't want anybody to be right. worrying about me not not that he didn't want people to know he was sick it was he didn't want people to worry about him he was right, that exactly. selfless
1: yeah. and yeah.
2: you know i mean for you who knew him forever that's that's always how he was right
1: yeah, yeah. that's yeah, yeah. I can't add anything to that. You you put you put it so well. That's that's exactly what Bob was about. Yeah, um, yeah. He did not want to anybody, even though he did share his illness with me and again over the dinner with some friends. The last thing he wanted was any kind of pity or, or anything else. He just he you know. He, he just shared. And and that's part of that openness that he had was also part of that attraction that, that he kind of exuded, you, you know, uh, to other people and became friends with.
2: Sure. And, and I'll tell you, John, one of the one of the best, I guess, gifts that Bob left us in a way is the documentary series, yeah. because because the amount of knowledge that Bob had yeah. is never going to be replaced yeah. no matter no matter what. But he captured so much of it you know, in the six, six movies and band versus brand too, if you really want to get into there too. I, I I just don't think that there's, there's not many that had that kind of knowledge and there's even less that shared it where it it will never die. And that might be the ultimate gift that Bob left was he left a legacy of one of the greatest times in the history of music that now will never be forgotten.
1: That's I know. I know. And uh, sadly we we don't know if, we don't know what was going to be next, right? There was there was a quote that I saw, uh, I was watching the last episode of Doctor Who, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw that at the very end when uh, she was regenerating again, right? She said, I'm not afraid of regeneration or death. What I'm afraid of is missing out is what's next. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm missing now with Bob, you know, mm-hmm. what was going to mm-hmm. be next because yeah. all the adventures that we've had together, all the, the documentaries, the, sh- the shockwaves and school session sessions and metal rendezvous and headbanger. If, if somehow he had survived this, what would have been next? That's, that's something that we'll now never know. And, and, and I miss that just like I miss him and, Amen. and his, uh, just,
0: just him yeah yeah, yeah. And, and just to, to wrap it up John like you know and I've told this to Chris and, and he he echoes the same thing you know the one thing yeah that I'm I really miss already you know and I'm gonna to continue to miss it because I still think it in my head you know every time something would come up or like a you know a piece of news of music news or just you know just anything in general there were so many things that made me think of oh I can't wait to tell this to Bob I can't wait to share this with him and just pick up the yeah. phone and call because the one thing about Bob and he was so great at it, was keeping in contact with people, you know, meaning like even when, when, you know, I I had moved from L.A. up here and he was still down there and, you know, we hadn't seen each other maybe for a couple of years. He always was keeping in touch with people. Yeah. I mean, I'd hear him on the phone even when I'd go to see him in Reading, yeah. uh, you know, just calling people all day long, just texting them or, or whatever it was, emailing them. He always stayed in touch with people yeah. and he would form these, you know, friendships where like, yes, there were certain things you'd have in common where, I just couldn't wait to tell him, and that's I think what 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 I'm gonna miss. I already do, like I said, is Amen. is I, I can't just pick up that phone and call him, you know, to tell him this thing, yeah. or or exactly. I'm not gonna look at my phone and see, oh, cool, Bob's calling. You know, he was one of those guys, but you know, sometimes you have those friends where you know, good friends, but it's like, uh, you know, I don't want to talk to this guy right now. I know where you know it's gonna be this kind of conversation. I never got to oh, Bob. Every time Bob Same. would call, I'd just be like, oh, awesome, let me let me pick this up. I'll stop what I'm doing. To yeah. talk to Bob, and that's the the one thing you know, and I'm sure you do too, is, is that we we really miss about you know Bob being around us. He's just not there at our fingertips anymore, you know.
1: Yeah, it, you know, to add to that, and his his uh, desire to stay in touch with people is. When, when I left the music industry and, and we did stay in touch, he knew that I, I was still a fan. I was, i always been a fan, right? So he just kept pulling me into little things, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, do you, do you want to do a little review for Shockwaves, you know? Or, hey, mm-hmm. do you want to do a school sessions with me about concerts? Or he, he always kept doing that, knowing that I was passionate and, and it would make me happy. And that's what he wanted, really. He wanted me to be happy. And then when he asked me to contribute as much as I did to Bay Area Godfathers, it was just... It was like a dream come true for me that mm-hmm. you know he really wanted me part of it, and it just I just felt so special and and uh, for, for what he did and by bringing me in so closely to that, yeah.
2: Yeah, I gotta echo that just with Bay Area Godfathers. He yeah. put me he put me in it, you know. He asked me to do it, and I was like, sure, of course, because I lived there, yeah. you know, for a very limited time. I only lived in 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 that area from um 89 to 92. But it was, I mean, that's obviously the hotspot era. Right. But he asked me to do it and I said, sure. Of course. And, and I mean, one of one of the greatest thrills of my life was throwing it on Hulu and surprising my mom with myself in <laughs> yeah. uh, on Hulu. Yeah, and, and, yeah. You know, and that would have never happened. And Bob didn't have to do that. He had a million, exactly. he had a million much bigger, you know, the same movie with Lars and David Ellison and, yeah. you know, and here's dumbass me who's a nobody <laughs> in the movie five, six, seven times. I was amazed.
1: But that's the thing with Bob. You were not a nobody. You, you were you were right up there with, with Lars, you know, right. just, yeah. as far as his relationships and friendships are concerned. And that's what was so important about what made Bob so so um trying to find the right word. Special,
2: probably. Special, yeah. yeah. Special. There you go. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, we we can discuss the next scene, right? Okay, okay. so 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 what are uh, what are we working on now? We're, we're doing the uh, the kind of the metal and the record store section here. Okay, yeah. So um, are we are we good to go to record?
0: Yes. All
1: right. The rise of metal gave birth to many European magazines. This inspired the launch of two highly influential Bay Area fanzines, Metal Mania and Metal Rendezvous. What do you think? Does good. that kind of sound good? Perfect. Awesome! Yeah. yeah, they were the two major players. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, and uh, I think we need to talk about the guitar players next. That'll be a good one as well. To well, talk about.
0: Uh, that, uh, well, we should also add in the section about the record stores and, of course, KUSF.
1: We need to do that. Yeah. 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 Let's add that right now. Let's
2: put, yeah, we'll throw that all together into one section.
1: In addition. College Station, KUSF's Rampage Radio, which was led by Ian Kellen and Ron Quintana, were also very influential in supporting the local scene. Is that good? Yeah. Kind of like that? Yeah. Well, at the record stores. And And finally, now let's take that from the top. Ready? Matt? Finally, there were the record stores, like Bill Burkhardt's Record Exchange and the Record Vault, which made all the imports available. Uh, I'm not particularly happy with it. I think we may have to rewrite some of the original
0: and finish it off. Well, when I want talk about the import, the, obviously, the imports that came over with the European imports, and then I talk about the local yeah. demos that they used to sell. Yeah. Of yeah. The, you know, metallic and no left to leather and all that. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll re- come back and rewrite that. Part. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm.